0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Pure Bracket Wisdom is brought to you by Pure Hoops Media. Here's the man who runs all the numbers and cracks the codes for bracket success, Ed Feng. Virginia is a great basketball team. They shine by the numbers, and they might shine even brighter by the eye test. But they haven't had great tournaments at success under Tony Bennett. In fact, they've had one of the most infamous failures. Does this matter in predicting Virginia? Welcome to another episode of the Pure Bracket Wisdom Podcast. My name is Ed Fang, founder of ThePowerRank.com. And under Tony Bennett, Virginia has always excelled on defense. To quantify this, I look at points per possession adjusted for strength of schedule. During the 2013-14 season was really when Virginia rose the national prominence. And since that year, they have not ranked out of the top 10 in my defensive numbers. In fact, only one of these years did they rank outside the top 5. Virginia really struggled on defense in 2015-16 when they ranked 7th in the nation. This year has been no different. When I take this points per possession and adjust for strength of schedule, Virginia ranks 3rd in the nation, When you face them, you have to deal with players like Mamade Diakite. He's a long 6'9 player that's ready to block the shot of anyone who ventures into the lane. But what really makes this Virginia team different is the offense. Since that 2013-14 season, the offense has been good, but never really great. They've only ranked in the top 10 of my numbers once during this period. But that's changed this season. And it's mostly because of their shooting. Kyle Guy is one of their guards, and this year he's been hitting 46% of his three-point shots. This is significantly better than the college basketball average of 34%. He's always ready to fire, even when there's a hand in his face. His backcourt mate is Ty Jerome, and he's hitting 43% of his three-point shots. Jerome can also drive and finish at the hoop. His height at 6 feet 5 inches helps that, but he's also super quick. This season, when I look at offensive efficiency by points per possession, adjusted for strength of schedule, Virginia ranks second, and that's a very impressive number. Now, with all these superlatives on offense and defense, we haven't even yet talked about their best player, and that's DeAndre Hunter. He's a 6-foot, 7-inch wing player, and his numbers this season really boggle the mind. He's making 49% of his three-point shots. He's making 57% of his two-point shots, and he's also pretty good at the free-throw line. He's hitting 80% of those shots. To put these numbers in perspective, I looked at the stats for the other best wing players in the nation. And to get an idea for who those players might be, I looked at ESPN's mock draft for the 2019 NBA draft. Hunter is listed as a lottery pick in that mock draft, but there's four guys ahead of him. RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish of Duke, Romeo Langford of Indiana, and Keldon Johnson of Kentucky. When you look at their numbers... None of these four guys are better than DeAndre Hunter in three-point shooting, two-point shooting, or free-throw shooting. Now, you can quibble a little bit with this analysis. R.J. Barrett is making 54% of his two-point shots, and that's not very far off the 57% that Hunter is making. Barrett also gets off a bigger fraction of Duke's shots than Hunter does for Virginia. And you can argue with this higher usage rate that Barrett is as good, if not better, at getting to the bucket than DeAndre Hunter. However, the numbers do suggest that DeAndre Hunter is a star. And this analysis doesn't even get into what he does at the defensive end of the floor. He's a very quick, athletic wing defender, and he's a big reason that they excel on the defensive end of the court. So, are there any red flags about Virginia? One thing I look at is their three-point defense. They lead the nation in three-point field goal percentage allowed. Opponents are only hitting 27% of their three-point shots. And this sounds like a really good thing, right? The problem is three-point field goal percentage allowed is not a very predictive statistic. Ken Pomeroy looked at three-point field goal defense in the early part of conference play, and he found that that had no ability to predict what the three-point field goal percentage would be the remainder of the conference play. This means that Virginia is getting a little bit lucky to lead the nation in three-point field goal defense. You're going to see a little bit of regression to the mean. And that means going forward, you can't predict that Virginia is going to continue to hold teams to 27% from the three-point line. So how much regression are you going to get? Well, probably not too much. So another thing that the numbers show is that teams that are better at two-point field goal percentage defense are also better at three-point field goal percentage defense. And when I run the numbers, Virginia is 20th when I take two-point field goal percentage and I adjust for strength of schedule. So, Virginia might not allow 27% from three going forward the remainder of the season, but they're still going to be a pretty good three-point defensive team. But the thing is, you, you can get your three-point shots against Virginia. They play something called a pack-line defense, which is more concerned with cutting off driving lanes and protecting the lane area. And if you can do anything against this defense, you can take a three-point shot. Virginia is going to get a hand in your face, but they're not going to sell out to run a guy off the three-point line like a Michigan will. Duke took advantage of this in one of their games against Virginia. Duke is not a great shooting team, but they hit 62% of their three-point shots against Virginia. Yet, I still think this game shows how good this Virginia team is. Their opponent, Duke, went crazy from three-point range, But Duke only won by 10 points. So you can imagine that Virginia would be competitive if Duke hadn't gotten so hot from three-point range. Now, the second nagging question about Virginia is their tournament success under Tony Bennett. Let's just say that it hasn't been good. Remember, this program rose to prominence in the 2013-14 season. They were a one seed in the 2014 tournament, and they lost to Michigan State in the Sweet 16. The next year, in 2015, they were a two seed, They lost to Michigan State again, this time in the round of 32. This was back when people thought that Tom Izzo was a great tournament coach. We'll get back to this in a sec. In 2016, they might have had their best team yet. Malcolm Brogdon was a senior, and they were a one seed heading into the tournament. They made it all the way to the Elite Eight, but they lost to a hot-shooting Syracuse team. In 2017, Virginia didn't have one of their best teams. But last year in 2018, they rose to prominence again. They were a one seed heading into the tournament. We all remember what happened next. Virginia lost to UMBC in the biggest upset in tournament history. Does this matter in predicting Virginia? No, I don't think so. And to understand why, let's go back to Tom Izzo. Remember that 2015 tournament, his team beat Virginia. They were a seven seed. They pulled that upset in the round of 32, and they went on to make the final four. Heading into the next tournament, I actually crunched some numbers about Izzo's tournament success. Since 2002, Michigan State had outperformed the expectations set by the markets by almost a full point. That might not seem like a lot, but it's pretty remarkable. And it was so remarkable, and people believed so much of Izzo as a tournament coach, that even the betting markets were giving Michigan State the edge. For example, if the numbers suggested Michigan State should be a three-point favorite, the market would often set the point spread at four. But did this success for Izzo continue? Well, Michigan State hasn't made the Sweet 16 since 2016. That's the past three tournaments. A coach's reputation can change pretty quick. The tournament is always going to be a really small sample size of games. I stopped posting analysis of how coaches perform in the tournament. While it can be a fun read for people, I just didn't think it was something that you should use in making predictions for the tournament. If you want to forecast which teams will win the tournament, I suggest first looking at the numbers. Then you watch the team play to see if they pass the eye test. Virginia checks both of these boxes, and if they play up to their ability, they can absolutely win this tournament. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pure Bracket Wisdom Podcast. My name is Ed Fang. Just a reminder, my March Madness cheat sheet makes it drop-dead easy for you to fill out your bracket. To get this free service, sign up for my email newsletter at thepowerrank.com. That is my site for making better March Madness predictions through analytics. Once again, that's thepowerrank.com. The Pure Bracket Wisdom Podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. There are three other shows that you definitely want to check out. The Mike Wise Show appears on Mondays. Journalist and storyteller Mike Wise interviews the biggest influencers in basketball. Catch and Shoot appears on Wednesdays. Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov, two of the sharpest basketball minds, tackle the biggest stories and chat with the most interesting people. The Pure Hoops podcast appears on Friday. Join three time NBA champion DJ Armstrong and Eric Newman for the insider perspective.